0: Have you ever had any questions about the Bible that you just couldn't get a solid answer for? Perhaps someone gave you answers, but they were confusing or not biblical. You tuned in at the right time and place to find real answers from God's word, the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. Be sure to turn your radio down when you call Live from Guam, join us now for Straight from the Bible with Pastor Lewis Moflis.
1: Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to Straight from the Bible. And this is a wonderful program that we have uh, for you to call in your Bible questions. And as we go into today's program, we would like to invite you for prayer. So let's pray together. Our Heavenly Lord, we thank you that we have the Bible open before us. And we have questions. We would like to ask that you provide answers for us by your Holy Spirit straight from the Bible. And we ask that you please be with our listening friends also as well as those of us here at the Joy FM studios. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. My name is Pastor Louis Moffinus, and with me again is my wonderful wife, Jessica. Hello, Jessica. So glad to have you here with us today.
2: Hi, Pastor Moffinus. Thank you for having me in the studios with you today.
1: And we are very glad that you are also tuned in and listening into our program. And this is Straight from the Bible. It is a live Bible question and answer program. If you have any questions about the scriptures, then please call us now. And uh, together, we hope to open the pages of the Bible and find an it-is-written answer for your uh, questions. Now, if people are going to call and get their questions to us, then you need phone numbers. And so, Jessica, I would like to ask that you please help our friends who are listening with those phone numbers to contact us.
2: If you are calling from the island of Guam, that number is 472-1111. We'd love to hear from you. If you are from Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, we'd love to hear from you just as much That's 323-1113, 323-1113. If you'd like to text or WhatsApp your question, that's 671-686-9999. 686-9999. If you'd like to email your Bible question, we have our computer open right now. That's Bible at joyfmradio.net. B-I-B-L-E at joyfmradio.net. We are also live on Facebook right now. You can leave your question there on the comment section. That's facebook.com forward slash Radio.
1: And you can go to the comments section, leave your question there. We'll see it right away. And, incidentally, if you are listening to this program at any other time besides Monday from 5 to 6 p.m., then you are listening to a rebroadcast. And we're glad you're listening. And you can still contact us. You can still call the Joy FM uh, studios and leave your question there at any time. But your live answer, your the live answer to your question will be come the following program, presumably the next Monday. So please take advantage of this time that we have today on Monday and call in your Bible questions. Jessica just gave you the numbers to call, and so take advantage of the time that we have together. And we'll have a wonderful discussion looking into the answers for your questions. Okay, well, Jessica, I know that there are some questions that have come to us through email and why don't we take a few of those while we're listening while we're waiting for our callers to call all okay. right
2: so the first question uh, is asking for an explanation of first Corinthians chapter 6 verse 20
1: okay first Corinthians 6 verse 20 allow me to turn there first so that I can know what verse is being referred to here first Corinthians 6 6
2: verse 20 all right.
1: Okay, 1 Corinthians, of course, was written by the Apostle Paul, and it was written to the church that was in the city of Corinth. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a church that uh, he himself helped to, well, he, he was the one who founded that church. And uh, he is writing to them at it from a distance from another place. And 6 verse, you said verse 18? Verse 20. 20, sorry about that. Okay, verse 20 says, for you are born. Bought with a price; therefore, glorify God in your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. Mm. Wow, isn't that something? Uh, okay, so an explanation of this verse. Perhaps we can take the first part, Jessica, and okay. just talk about that a little bit. For you are bought with a price, mm. and so mm. bought. That sounds like someone has paid a price.
2: Something was exchanged something for was something. Something was in exchange
1: for us. That's right. You know, Jesus, he actually uh, said uh, something that sheds light on this. And uh, what was said was that he gave his life as a ransom. And so why don't we go ahead and I believe it's uh, in the book of uh, John, but let me um, find... The appropriate verse where Jesus Christ says, um, he came to give his life as a ransom for many. Mm -hmm. Okay. I I, I was mistaken. It wasn't John. It was Mark 10, 45. Mark 10 and reading verse 45. And uh, perhaps, Jessica, you can help us with that.
2: Sure. Mark 10, verse 45. Mm -hmm. It says, for even the Son of God, sorry. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many.
1: So it seems like we all know what a ransom is. Mm -hmm. A ransom is something that's paid in exchange for the life and freedom of somebody else. Right. You know, if someone's a hostage or has been kidnapped, usually the person who is holding someone captive demands some sort of ransom and mm-hmm. some sort of price that uh, and, you know, any mother or father will be willing to pay whatever <laughs> to to make sure that their child or family member comes home. Right. And so Jesus Christ, uh, he saw a whole world hijacked by sin and Satan. And so he says, I will pay the price that they deserve, uh, which was death. And so Jesus Christ gives his life as a ransom for many. And it's um, the rest of the verse. Oh, actually, uh, do you so have anything to put you to So it says
2: you were bought at a price. Mm-hmm. You were bought uh, with a price. Talking to us as individuals as well, yes. that Jesus Christ did give his life for us.
1: Amen. And so it's wonderful to know that Jesus Christ has given, he has paid the price for our redemption. Okay? And uh, if we go to the book, if we go to the book of 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 1, the Apostle Peter actually uh, speaks even more. Uh, uh, He speaks, he adds to that in 1 Peter 1, verse 18 and 19. And uh, would you like to read that as well, Jessica?
2: All right. It says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot.
1: Okay, so we were not redeemed, in other words, we were not ransomed. Mm. We were not bought with silver or gold. Oh, uh, you know, if you really think about it, silver and gold, rare and precious metals as they are, they are just metal. Right. <laughs> and it's uh the reason why they're so precious and is because they're so rare to find. You can't right. just go outside and find gold just like you would find limestone here on Guam, <laughs> right? Uh, you got to dig a whole lot to find these things. Uh, but even, but even at the end of the day, it is just metal. You know, it's things that uh, you find in the earth. Um, same thing with rubies and diamonds and sapphires and emeralds. Really, they're just uh, crystallized rock. That's really what they are. Um, in the kingdom of heaven, those things are used for construction. You right. know, uh, those are construction materials. Um, so we were not bought with silver or gold because that just wasn't precious enough. Um, our, our lives are worth much more than all of those precious things. Um, you know, all of, it, all of the gold and silver and, and, uh, precious stones in the world cannot, uh, pay the price even for one human life mm. because we are far more precious than that and so Jesus Christ paid the the price that that illustrates just how valuable we are. And the apostle Peter he says that we were bought with the precious blood of Christ.
2: You know, just life itself is precious. Yes, it is. Uh that no money in the world could give to replace. Mm. Um, you know, when my mother passed away. Yeah. Uh I I felt it so much that it was like it didn't matter how much money. Mm. Uh, a person would give me, I'd rather have her yes. than money.
1: And just so, one more day,
2: right? <laughs> right. And so it shows that life is more precious than even silver or gold. Mm. And here Christ gave his life yeah. to show us that we are more precious than silver or gold, that we matter so much to him that he's willing to pay his own life for us.
1: It is um, It is a wonderful thought to to. To just think that Jesus, when he looked at us, he saw us as worth it, mm. worth paying the ultimate price. Right. Now, that speaks of the marvelous love of God. Now, the thing is, is that when a person uh, pays a price, mm-hmm. that is, in fact, a purchase. Right. And so the rest of the verse in 1 Corinthians 6 goes on to say, that uh, that we should glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which belong to God. So because we were purchased, you know, the thing is, everything that we are belong to God anyways at the beginning through creation. Right. You know, he's the one who mm-hmm. gave us these bodies. He's the one who gave us our spirit, in other words, our life. Right. And uh, so it was his in the beginning at creation. Right. But now it is doubly his because of redemption, because he paid the price.
2: Right. Because we were stolen, if anything. We
1: we basically, yeah, (laughs) we were were, stolen by sin. Right. Satan deceived us by our own choice. We strayed from him. Right. And so he says, well, I'm going to have to get them back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so glad that God. Two times we're God's. Two times we are his. And so it, that this speaks of the obligation. This, speak, this puts us under obligation, and correctly so. We are obligated to God to glorify him, to live for him. And to, to glorify God simply means to, well, to let God's character, to reflect God's character, uh, yes, in our bodies and also with our spirit. Right. And so we we aren't to live for ourselves. Our bodies are not ours just to use any way we want or to especially to abuse and damage any way we want. But instead, we are to glorify God. We are to ask first, what does God want me to do with my life Right. Uh, or or anything else uh, that I might do? Let me first ask the question, because I belong to God. He created me. He redeemed me. And by and by my own choice, I belong to him.
2: And we should show, it It should come naturally to show God how much we appreciate uh, the ransom that he paid, you know, Mm. uh, with his blood. And because he did that, we should be thankful and want to uh, glorify him because we're like, okay, I am yours now. Mm. Um, I know slavery is not really a right word, but it's, it's, you know, we're gods now. Not that we're a slave to God. But we are his children now. Yes, he yeah.
1: The relationship is more like a son or daughter. Right, yeah. right. Um, because, yes, we are under obligation because he paid the price. Uh, but the word obligation sometimes has a bad ring in people's right, ears. Right, But that obligation is an obligation of love. In other words, it should awaken mm-hmm. something within us and say, wow, God thought I was worth that price then I should love him back if he loved me that much. Right. And uh, the Bible says, owe no man anything but to love. Mm-hmm. That's what the Apostle Paul says in the book of First Corinthians. And that's what we owe God. We owe him love. And whatever we give him in our bodies and in our spirits, it's because we, we love him out of appreciation for who he is and what he has done.
2: And because he showed us love, we can show others love as well. Amen. Yes. yes. So, and that is how we show God love, by, think, sh- by loving others. I
1: think this is the only source of love, is to have God fill our hearts with it.
2: Mm. And there's no other place that love comes from but God himself. <laughs> That's right. God is love. God
1: is love. And so I think that this verse is, first of all, telling us about the price that was paid. It's telling us about, yes, the obligation. Mm-hmm that we have. And it is talking about appreciation uh, right. for God mm-hmm. and the love that we have, that, that we ought to have for him. Okay. So I think we explained that verse uh, as, um, as well as we could, unless there's a specific question regarding right. uh, that uh, verse, then a person might want to do that. Uh, call in. And, uh, and go ahead and submit a question if you have uh, further questions about that verse. Okay, so it looks like we have uh, an, looks like we do have some more time left in our first half of our program, uh, roughly about 10 minutes. And I think that uh, some people would like to call and ask their questions. So go ahead and call us. Jessica and I are waiting, and our operators are standing by. Our lines are open. 472-1111 if you're calling from Guam. 472-1111 if you're calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, then please dial 323-1113. Now, it looks like, Jessica, we have a WhatsApp question, but it also looks like we have a call that might be coming to us. So I am just going to keep talking until we see whether or not that call is going to be processed towards us or are they simply going to leave a question. Um, but when I think about, um, about uh, love, you know, love cannot be forced. Right. Love cannot be bought. Uh, love. uh, There's only one thing that can awaken love and that is love itself. Right. You know, God could do a lot of things if he just wanted slaves. Right. You know, he could threaten, he could intimidate, or he can just snap his fingers and take away our freedom of choice. Right. He could put us all in chains and just, and just, you know, just make slaves of us. That would be so easy. That would be nothing for him.
2: Or make us robots.
1: Yeah, he could do anything, uh, anything that he wanted to do. If all he wanted were servants and slaves, um, however, God wants he, the only service that He accepts is the service of love. Right. Uh, the only relationship He desires with His creatures is love, and the only way to for if I wanted, you know, uh, this wonderful. A uh, young lady that I met uh, over t- over 25 years ago. If uh, her name was Jessica, you remember her, Jessica, <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> and familiar. I wanted her to love me. The only way that I can get that to happen is to show love to her.
2: Love right? awakens love.
1: Love awakens love, and so I pour on the flowers and I find out what what you like and and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> any young man knows that if you're going to If you're going to awaken love in somebody else, then you better show that you love that person first. Right. And that is what uh, awakens uh, love in the heart. God knows the same thing. Now, he's not trying. It's not manipulation. That's not what we're, we're talking about here. It is pure, unselfish love that he gave. And it is the best way to get us to see him in the right light.
2: I was just thinking of that verse that says we love him because he first, first loved, loved us.
1: us. Amen. Okay, now it looks like we have a question coming to us through WhatsApp, and so let's let's take a look at that question, Jessica.
2: It says, "Is it true that once saved is always saved? Can a Christian lose his or her salvation?"
1: That is a good question. And I am going to go to the book of Revelation. And uh, the reason why I go to Revelation a lot is because, well, first of all, it is my favorite book (laughs) and it's almost like God's last words in the Bible. And if, if anything important has to be said, then it's almost like he's going to say it before the book closes. So I'm going to the book of Revelation 22 and it says in, in Revelation 22, verse 18 and 19, um, would you like to read that for us, Jessica?
2: It says, For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book.
1: So evidently, God says, a person can lose their salvation right. in this context. One of the ways is to tamper with the prophecies written in the book of revelation. Mm. And he says, you can take, you can have your part taken out of the book of life and from the Holy city. And the Holy city of course is the new Jerusalem, which is the eternal home of the saved. And so here's the thing that person had his book. Ha- I'm sorry. That person had his name in the book of life. Right. And God says, if you if you uh, don't do what I say your name can be taken out right and out of the holy city and so evidently God himself that the, these are the, the these are words that Jesus I'm sorry the spirit said and it says you can lose your name out of the book of life I don't know how the Bible can be any claim any uh, Clear. any clearer mm-hmm. than that. Right. Uh, did you have anything you wanted yeah, to add? Yeah, no, to I you? was
2: thinking about Moses. Uh-huh. You know, Moses was pleading for the children of Israel and he said, I was thinking says, the same thing. Lord, you know, you can remove my name from the book of life. So it does show that uh, you know, God can remove our names if we des- mm. decide to leave him or stray from the path or just continuously disobey him. Right. He you know, he will not uh, go against our choices. But uh, we have to make the choice to want to stay with God.
1: There are instances where it is evident that a person who was once in heaven mm-hmm. or once on God's side right. can lose, or lose their standing with God. Mm. Lucifer is the biggest uh, example, example. Right, He was God's right-hand person. And by his own choice, he left that position. Mm. And, of course, he's eternally damned now. Um, we see that there's King Saul. Now, King Saul started out very good. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied. Mm -hmm. And by his own choice, he he, uh, rebelled in his heart against God, tried to kill David, until finally it says the spirit left him and an evil spirit came upon him. And so that was King Saul. Now, Judas is an interesting example because Judas was one of the 12 that stuck very close to Jesus. He was one of the disciples uh, who became an apostle. Right. Now, what I mean by that is that he was sent by Jesus right. to go heal, preach, cast mm-hmm. out demons, work wonders in Jesus' name, and he did. Right. And when they came back, everyone told what, and Judas included, told what they did in Jesus' name. I imagine Judas was one of the people who said, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us by thy name. And so Judas was uh one of the original twelve, and of course we know that by his own choice he left. And so it's very evident that uh yes, it is important to have an assurance of salvation, um, but it's almost like a marriage uh you know if i if I'm married, I am married <laughs> I'm married, and I will always be married until I choose to not be married, right you see. Right, and so uh, when you're saved, that is all about the relationship you have with God. Right, and that relationship is salvation. Jesus said that. Mm. He said that this is life eternal, that they know you and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent.
2: John 17. And
1: so, yeah, John 17. Thank you. And so it's it's so important to know that the relationship with God, and walking with Him according to truth and according to uh, His Spirit is so important and that has to be maintained if it is not then we lose the relationship we lose the faith in god and without faith you know john three 16, can't even come true for us you know whoever believes in him will have eternal life right and so if we lose faith with god if we lose the relationship with him and we lose our walk with him then yes that the end result is we lose salvation um, but you know, not one of us has to have has to happen that way. Right. We can continue to choose him, we can continue to trust in him, and we can continue to have him hold us in his hand. If we're trusting in God, nothing can let that nothing can take us out of his hand, Jesus promised.
2: Right. And you know, here's the thing about how awesome God is and respecter of persons, is mm. that even if a person did say, decide to leave God he, he will always accept them with open arms if they decide, you know, I want to come back.
1: Absolutely. I don't
2: want to, you know. And, and Prodigal
1: son. <laughs> right.
2: Prodigal son is a very good example. I was even thinking about Solomon. Hmm. He started off right. Yes. Kinda, he left God for a while and then came back.
1: He, uh, it, but, it seems that he was even um, worshiping. Actually, the Bible says he started worshiping the other go- uh, uh, heathen gods, pagan gods. Right. And yet he came back.
2: Right. I mean, amazing? we don't encourage people to leave God and say, I'll come no, back because no. there's no guarantee you'll come back.
1: That is a very dangerous it's game. It's
2: very dangerous. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, even in couples uh, marriages, we, we, we sometimes we get into arguments or fights, but that mm. doesn't mean we have to leave. We can always make up. That's right. You there's know? always grace. There's always grace. And, yeah. and so, you know, I don't want anyone to feel discouraged. Uh, feel like there's no turning back, you can always still come back to God. That's Especially right. Especially if you hear him calling you, mm-hmm. you know, just just come back.
1: That's the assurance of salvation. Mm-hmm. It's not a once saved, always saved um, thinking. Right. But the, the the correct thinking is Jesus will always be there for me, and I need to just keep coming to him. And uh, as long as I keep coming to Him, I'm not leaving Him. Right. <laughs> you know, it's almost A B C. But as long as I'm coming to Jesus, I'm not leaving Him. Right. And, and it's as, a growing
2: yeah, experience it sure as we is. continue to walk with with Jesus. We should uh, our relationship should get stronger and stronger.
1: And it will. And so the whole the whole um, the whole point is that we must be constantly in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, exercising faith. As long as we do this, we can never be lost. Okay, so as you can hear from the music, we have come to our halfway point, and that means we're going to be having a break. We'll be right back after this.
2: You wake up in the morning, and
0: you get up. Not always easy, is it? But God said to find joy in each day, and sometimes that joy is found right here. You keep moving in a better direction the longer you listen. You just might be inspired to pour your purpose into things that move you along
1: the path where God walks with you. Your support is something that encourages you to tackle each new day because you're here to share it with us. Joy FM, family-friendly radio.
0: Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net. Or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash radio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible.
2: Hello and welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bibles Live here in the studios of Joy FM. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions about the Bible. The number to call if you are from Guam. It's 472-1111. 472-1111. If you are calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, that number is 323-1113, 323-1113. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to text us or WhatsApp us, like we got one earlier, that's 671-686-9999. If you'd like to email your Bible question, we got our computer open right now. That's Bible at JoyFMRadio.net. And we are also live on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash Radio.
1: And of course, this is the second half of our program, which means we have a little less than 30 minutes. And so please take advantage of this time and send in your Bible question. And if I can't answer it, I know Jessica can. And so, <laughs> but we're getting our answers straight from the Bible. Okay, um, so Jessica, I think we have, uh, we, we, we were talking about a person losing his or her salvation. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, once more, we just want to say, as uh, we can always turn to Christ, uh, even when we are losing faith or if we have fallen away. It's, uh, it's important to know that uh, Jesus Christ is always there with open arms. And so that's where we left our last discussion. And I think we do have another question that uh, came to us through, um, through the phone through lines. The mm-hmm. um, but, you know, uh, we love getting these written calls, but we would love to hear you. And so please dial those numbers that Jessica just finished giving you.
2: All right. So the question, Pastor Moffness, that came in. How do you explain to a teenager or to children that not all churches or Bible studies are the same?
1: Okay, that's a good question. Um, I would agree that not all churches and Bible studies are the same.
2: Right.
1: (laughs) Uh, One only has to go to a few different uh, places of worship and realize, no, they're not the same. Um, First of all... um, many uh, many churches and denominations do teach differently right and when I was searching uh, for God and I was searching for the truth and I was reading the Bible on my own, mm-hmm. I did attend um, some you know uh, different denominations met some wonderful people, but they are not the same. they right. teach different things and so that um, that actually raised a concern for me so I said well if t- if churches aren't teaching the same thing. Then I shouldn't follow churches, right? And I shouldn't put all my faith in denominations. I needed to go to the source, and that is the Word of God, right? And so that's how I came uh, towards this problem of denominations and churches. I said, if if a group of people are not teaching according to the Scriptures, then I'm not going to be a part of the that worship group, right? And that's still my my um, that's still my mindset today. Mm. Um, if I'm going to be a part of a movement, a part of a church, then that person that group needs to be following the word of God. And I'm not just talking about a few verses. I'm talking. It can't contradict anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, <They're> so teachings. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The teachings. Um, the. The main verse that I can think of is Isaiah 8.20. And so to the person who sent in this question, Isaiah 8.20 is probably the most uh, uh, foundational type of attitude that a person should have. Isaiah chapter 8 and reading verse 20. Jessica, can you read that?
2: It says, to the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them.
1: Now, when it says to the law, of course that does mean the Ten Commandments. Oh boy, if there's a church that's teaching you to break God's commandments or mm. that the law of God is done away with, mm-hmm. yeah, I, uh, I would, I would, I would give my last hug and my last handshake and say thank you very much. But uh, the church has to agree with at least, <laughs> uh, but not the most, but at least the law of God. Right. But the word law there, all it, it, it is referring to the first four books of the of the um the old testament Mm. it's referring to the books of moses and uh, jesus said this where he says if you believe moses you believe me So the law and the testimony, the testimony are basically all the other prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, the book of Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Habakkuk, Nehemiah, 1st, 2nd Kings, uh, 1st, 2nd Samuel, all the other uh, testimonies of the prophets. And of course, this goes all the way to the New Testament, uh, Mark's testimony which was really Peter's, and uh, Matthew, and Mark, and Luke. And mm-hmm. Luke got gathered it from a whole lot of uh, different testimonies. The testimonies of Paul is he's writing, you know, inspired by the Holy Spirit. We have to go to the Bible, in other words. If they don't speak according to this word, the word of God, right. how much light?
2: There's no light.
1: No light in them. Now, what do you call a place that has no light?
2: darkness very
1: very dark and that is a strong thing to say about a church that if they're not following the word of god it is darkness that is important uh, if n- not all bible studies are the same either right. um i've been to a lot of bible studies and i i've had to <laughs> i have to say that there are a lot of things that are said in bible studies that not that are not, again, they're not in agreement with the scriptures. So just because the thing says Bible study, doesn't mean that everything said there is going to agree with the Bible. Right. Um, I've like I said, I've been to a lot, and I don't really want to bring up some of the things that are were said there. But as soon as they contradict the scriptures, then find a church and find a Bible study group or Bible study material test everything right in the book of mm. Matthew in the book of Matthew chapter 10 verse 16 I'm sorry not Matthew in the book of yeah it is Matthew Matthew seven fifteen, it says beware of false prophets mm. which come to you in sheep's clothing a sheep of course is representation of of uh, Christians or right. Christ right so they're wearing sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravening Radice. wolves they inwardly, they are ravening wolves. In other words, they, are, they will devour you. In the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 29, the apostle Paul says, For I know this, that after my departing, in other words, after I die, mm-hmm. shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. So not every preacher and not every, I'm just going to say, not everything that is Christian, uh, labeled as Christian, not everything that is labeled as, as Bible, in fact, is in agreement with the Bible, right? And so I think I'll just uh, leave it there and say you do have to use some judgment, and some that is something you can tell your uh, the the children that uh, children themselves, the young, the young amongst us, they need to be they need to have a mindset. Let me see what the Bible says.
2: Right. And you know the thing is children can mm-hmm. be taught Absolutely. and and have and where they can own it for themselves and say, "Okay, right. what what I'm studying, is this really go with what the Bible says? Or is this something that's trying to lead me in a in the wrong path or or deceive me into what truth uh, what uh, you know, they think is truth that is not." Yeah. So even children can can have discernment. God can give that to them. And Very they can right. be taught if they read the Bible for themselves or read the word
1: yeah, and, and see
2: it for themselves and yeah. they can own it. So, well, this is what the Bible says.
1: The earlier, the better. The right. earlier our children right. uh, are are equipped with Bible principles and Bible verses, then mm-hmm. the more they can spot out these things and say... Wait a minute. The Bible, you're saying this, but the Bible says this.
2: Right, so. right. And that's the wonderful thing is that when a child owns it, you know, the, it's theirs. It's theirs. Yeah. And, and because they know it's truth, and uh, you know, they they got backup right here yeah. through the Word. Sorry, I keep picking up my phone, <laughs> but because I'm picking up <laughs> the Because Bible, the Bible's in there, in there too.
1: In there. Yes. Yeah. So we certainly hope that that answered the the caller's question. And, if we need to clarify a little bit more feel free to call back
2: okay that's awesome yeah all right so pastor moffness it looks like a question did come in again okay wonderful it says please explain why it is considered inappropriate to play sports on the sabbath if it is done as a means of relieving stress and tension and for overall health
1: thank you you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sports, exercise, mm. things like that. Now, I'm not going to be the person that says, please don't put one foot in front of the other on the Sabbath. No walking, no, no um, stretching. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything like that. Mm. Um, I don't like giving rules. What I do like giving is Bible principles. Right. And mm. for a Bible principle, I would like to. Well, first of all, the, the commandment does say rest. Mm. Now, when I tell people, uh, I I was at a Bible study one time and we were talking about the Sabbath day, and they say, "Well, what about? Can we do exercises? Can we do workouts on the Sabbath?" And I said, "You know, every workout program, every exercise program, without if if the people the if the people who are putting together." the uh the program know what they're mm-hmm. doing every program has at least one day of rest of of recovery right. of letting your muscles and the ligaments heal from all the constant pounding that you get from sports or workouts and so any any um exercise uh uh physiologist i don't know what to call it, <laughs> <laughs> uh any Any person who is worth their salt with fitness and exercise, they know there is supposed to be rest in that program, at least one, supposed to be three. Um, And so I I tell them, let that be the Lord's Sabbath, of course, why not? And so you don't want to do exercise and sports seven days a week. So put your put those workouts on one of the earlier six and Mm -hmm. then use the Lord's. Rest day as this, uh, the seventh day as the day of rest that, that you're supposed to have in an exercise program anyways. Right. Now the principle that I want to uh, bring in is in, found in the book of, um, the book of Isaiah 58. And uh, I think you're already there, Jessica. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah chapter 58, and it should be in verse 13 and 14. Would you like to read that for us?
2: Sure. It says If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father the mouth of the lord has spoken
1: now the 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 person who sent in the question says that you know when i do my sports i find relief from tension and things like that um i'm not going to i'm not going to deny that exercise has you know i love running and running you know there's the runner's high right <laughs> and it it gives you such a boost of endorphins and it in a way, it does give uh, a relaxing feeling, especially when you're so tired afterwards. <laughs> um, however, the verse that we just read says not seeking your own pleasure. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't have pleasure on the Sabbath. Right. It's just a different kind. The pleasure that we're getting here is the uh, what it says there in verse 14. You'll delight yourself in the Lord. Find your pleasure in him instead of soccer. Find your pleasure in him instead of running. Mm. And, you know, I run six days a week. I do, you know, practically every day. But, oh, I love on the Sabbath just putting all that away and say, God, it's only you today. And that's what the Sabbath is for. It's to find your pleasure in being with him without any distractions, without anything crowding in, Mm. without anything uh, taking your attention away from God. And this is what God wants with you. I mean, if you can, if you can just imagine um, you're having uh, – an aniv- your anniversary uh, falls on, on a certain day, your anniversary with your wife or husband. Right. And your husband says, I know today's our anniversary, but, you know, exercise really really does it for me. And so I'm going to go in and, uh, and uh, you know, play football. And, you know, his wonderful bride – is saying, well, this day, was, you know, was supposed to be for just you and me. Right. No no distraction, and it was supposed to be special for them. And I can just imagine God, you know, who, let's just face it, you know, I, if I were God and people are, you know, wanting to use his day for other stuff, you know, uh, how can God not feel a little abandoned <laughs> mm. and neglected and— I hesitate to use the word lonely, but he so wants to, for to have undivided time with you on that day. And so delight yourself in the Lord. And after that, he says, I'll cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth. You want a high? There it is. Right. (laughs) You can have a Sabbath high. And there are wonderful times on the Sabbath where you can have the experience, the exhilarating experience of just walking with God and walking with Jesus and walking with his people and and, uh, doing things that are holy. And it is a pleasure that should never, ever um, we should never rob ourselves of that kind of enjoyment of the of the of the Sabbath. Right. Uh, did you have anything to add to that? Well,
2: you know, I was just thinking of Exodus twenty, where it says, "Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy." Amen. So God made Sabbath holy already. Yes. Uh, what we need to do is keep it holy. Keep it. And I have to admit, sometimes when it does come to sports, uh, it's kind of hard to be holy and keep, and do sports because sports can bring out the spirit of competition Hmm. it can Um, you know sometimes that that comes out whenever there's some kind of sports happening and people are competing it's but i like know like that, i gotta beat that guy <laughs> right and it's kind of hard to beat uh, that team <laughs> i mean can you really become like christ trying to be compete someone and well the focus you know.
1: is not on god at all not you know, at the all the focus is on the score the focus is on the exercise itself
2: right and, and you know yeah. here's the thing the question says a means of relieving stress and tension. But I like how you brought out there's so many other ways. Oh, yes. You know, absolutely. going on a nature walk mm. with God, mm. having prayer with him while you're on a nature walk should help relieve stress and tension. And and that I think that's why God says, you know, he rested on the Sabbath and he wanted us to rest with him. Yes. And that also means our minds to rest, put, you know, rest as well from True. labor. True. And to have that quiet time with him.
1: Amen. So there is an enjoyment of the Sabbath that we really should taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. Okay. All right. So let's, uh, I believe another question came to us. And so why don't we go ahead and take a look at that one. And by the way, we have 10 minutes left, 10 minutes left in our program. And if you want to get your question in, now's the time to do it. Go ahead and call 472 1111. 472 1111. Call right now. But if you're in Saipan Tinian or Rhoda, then it's 323 1113. Okay, now, Jessica, I think another uh, call came to me. Uh, Can came in. you
2: explain about children or toddlers seeing angels or spirits? And does the Bible talk about it?
1: About children or toddlers seeing angels or spirits. Mm. I remember the one when we were in the Philippines and my son would come in uh, into the apartment where we were staying and he would say, there's a bear out there. There's a bear out there. (laughs) Mm. And we're looking at this little boy whose imagination is obviously running away with him. And, and we say, Elijah, there are no bears in the Philippines. He goes, no, really, there's a bear out there. And, and the thing is, he has a smile on his face, and something tells me if there was a bear out there, he wouldn't be smiling about it. <laughs> so I'm going to say that uh, children and toddlers who are just really learning about the world around them uh, are trying to make sense of the things that they see. And right. sometimes they see you know there's there's a dragon in the backyard or something like that, and I'm not going to put it past them that they that uh, every now and then the spirit world you know God, God can do anything and you know perhaps they may see um, their guardian angel or or perhaps or just perhaps um. Something of the dark of the dark side of uh, the spiritual world manifest to them. I know of close relatives who have had that experience when they were little children and um, traumatized, and it wouldn't I wouldn't put it past the devil to try to gain fear uh, gain an advantage of fear over children right, by things right. like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to glorify that too much, but does the Bible talk about that? Does the Bible talk about children or toddlers seeing angels or spirits? I can think of only one scenario where there was a very young boy in the Bible who heard God talk to him. And I'm talking, of course, about little boy Samuel. Mm -hmm. And Samuel, when he was going to sleep three times, the Lord called him by name Samuel. And he thought that it was priest Eli, his uh, surrogate father. And so Eli realized that it was God who was talking to Samuel. And so he says, Samuel, go back, lie down. And when you hear that voice calling you again, you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel obeyed Eli and he received his first calling from God. So children, especially children who... Have high spiritual sensibilities, who may have their calling from God earlier than before they become adults, right. can have a good spiritual experience. Mm. And uh, so you ask for, you ask, does the Bible talk about it? That's what I would put forth. There, there is that one instance that shows that uh, a little boy who, was, who already was committed to serving God had a contact into the spiritual world. Uh, right. Jessica, did you have anything to add to that?
2: No, I think that I, I really appreciate how you brought out how Samuel mm. had that uh, spiritual connection with God yeah. that he even heard uh, the Lord talking to him personally.
1: I bet that I think
2: that I mean that's wonderful. And yeah, I bet
1: that was really due to his mama Hannah. <laughs>
2: Right, and I won't be surprised if uh, even babies from the womb. I mean, I'm thinking of John the Baptist. Oh, that is so true, I yes. I mean, when he heard Mary come in, and she was also...
1: You know, kind of like the 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 the, the carrier of the Messiah.
2: <laughs> right, and how Elizabeth said the baby leapt in her womb. Yeah. Cause he was already filled with the Spirit responding. That
1: is so true, yes. So the Holy Spirit can... Um, mm-hmm. Fill, uh, and uh, influence in, in extremely young <laughs> babies right. and children. Right. And so that's that. That would be the Bible answer that I would put forth. Okay, we have about five minutes left, and if you called now, I'll take it. But uh, I believe that uh, we do have one more question emailed to us.
2: It says, "How does Galatians four nine to eleven related to Sabbath observance?"
1: Okay, so let's read that verse first. And uh, Jessica, could you read that verse?
2: Okay, let me Galatians go ahead and go there, nine
1: to eleven. Uh, I'm sorry, Galatians four nine to eleven. Yeah,
2: let me see. It's Galatians chapter four.
1: Yeah, Galatians chapter four, and then verses nine to eleven.
2: All right. It says, "But now, after you have known God, or rather, are known by God." How is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain.
1: Now, let me talk to you about the book of Galatians. It's a wonderful book. Mm. And that book was, of course, written from Paul to the church in Galatia. Now, Galatia was, again, the church there was raised up by Paul. He considers himself himself their spiritual father. The thing is, is that after Paul left Galatia, there were Judaizers who came to that church and basically convinced them that in order to be um, saved, they needed to be circumcised Mm. and to keep many of the other things that the Jews had been keeping ever since Moses. Uh, Feast days and... uh, And uh, circumcision, all those other things. And the Apostle Paul wrote Galatians to correct them and to correct their thinking. Now, the thing about, there are people there who say, you know, um, the Sabbath, isn't that included when he says you observe days and months and times and years? Um, First of all, when we're talking about the Sabbath, when we're talking about the Lord's Day, that was not a Jewish day. Mm-hmm. um Jesus himself says that the Sabbath was made for man. Right. And that he doesn't say it was made for the Jews. He never he never called it a Jewish Sabbath. Right. Jesus never said that. The Bible never calls it that. Right. Um when the Sabbath was made, it was given to all of mankind way back in the garden of Eden when he gave it to Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. So it was never a Jewish Sabbath. But there were other sabbaths that were given only to the Jews. You find a list of them in in the book of uh, Leviticus, chapter twenty three, and uh, if you we don't have the time to read the entire chapter, but you have uh, the Passover, you have uh, the the feast days of uh, and the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and all these other feast days. Now they are listed there, and they're called Sabbaths because they were they were commanded not to work on those days. Now is there a difference between those days and the seventh day Sabbath? lots of differences first difference is that the seventh day sabbath always fell on the seventh day of the week these other sabbath days which pointed to christ and pointed to what he was going to do could fall on different days of the year and they were they came to an end when christ died on the cross and so that that's the major differences between the lord's seventh day sabbath and these yearly Sabbaths that came to an end at the cross. I wish I could go into it a little bit further, but as you can hear from the music, our time has come to an end. And so I would just, uh, both Jessica and I would like to thank those of you who sent in your questions, and we would like to invite you to tune in again next Monday for another time of Straight From The Bible. This is Pastor Lewis Moffness. I'm Jessica Moffness. Saying good, good night. night.
0: Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight From The Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.